Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mr. Mark Lawrence. Across from me is Ben Reikley, fine local businessman. And let's see, he's a Republican committee person. He's a huge Donald Trump supporter. He's a COVID <laughs> skeptic. A supporter of the presidency. Oh, there you go. Good to turn your mic up. Supporter higher. of the presidency, and good to see somebody that uh, is cleaning house, good, bad, or indifferent, but it's <laughs> positive to peel back the onion and see the stench of politics. I love that drain that in comes the out phrase. That's a good catchphrase. Peel back the onion. Either way, smell the stench of the <laughs> oh, political. Geez. It makes you cry. Lack right? of leadership. But uh, hey, I will say this: in the valley, I think I know it's Memorial Day, and people. Understand Memorial Day and hopefully you can get out and uh, look at the flags that are out. But I believe we are moving back to normalcy because uh, not only was I cut off while driving up here today at 11.15, <laughs> I saw somebody else cut somebody off. Oh, my gosh. And then the person referred to that person, I guess, as number one. So I thought, well, I guess we're moving back to some sort of a normalcy here. That's so, great. So traffic on 11.15 is uh, is moving along. And that's the beauty. campers and RVs were moving up there. So people must be going north for the uh, long weekend. Well, that campground on the island between Sunbury and Northampton and Packer Island, that is full of campers. So I guess they're going to be lighting up the fires and they get away from it all by getting about 10 feet from each other at a fine local campground <laughs> well vitamin d fire and uh the adult beverages outdoors. might uh, cure a lot of uh covid19 well people like to be near the water there's no argument there we walk down to the river often all right well welcome on board everybody that is uh, mr ben reichley across from me uh, on the other side of the glass rob center gets a well-deserved day off today so chad hirschberger is there he's just a fine local uh, camp director we've known him as a person who's helped with outreach in northumberland county he's worked in our newsroom still does work part-time in fact he's going to do sunrise for me the uh, first couple days of june he's on the other side of the glass welcome aboard sir good Good morning. Glad to be here this morning. Well, thank you. I'm going to introduce the show, and I want you to tell me about uh, Camp Mount Luther. That is the camp that you run, or help run, and I want to find out what's cooking. But let me introduce the show. Uh, on the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, and we tell you all kinds of great information every week about them. But you can visit sunburymotors.com to see their entire Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory. You can select the perfect vehicle and purchase it online right from your home. It's a rare opportunity for you to take advantage of a business that's been in business over a hundred years since 1915 the Sunbury Motor Company on 4th Street in Sunbury and routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf uh, even if you don't need a new vehicle yet you can make an online appointment for the quick lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury you can just uh, sit in their spacious waiting room or go out and check out mm-hmm. the many vehicles while you're at the quick lane they'll pump you up with nitrogen yeah. yep and uh, it's just a super place they'll, yeah. they'll they'll pump you up with nitrogen they'll give 
give you an alignment. They'll wash you. And if your car needs any of these services, they can do that, too. If you need an inspection, they are there for you mm-hmm. at the Sunbury Motor Company Quick Lane. But then go back online, sunburymotors.com. Pick out a Ford, Lincoln, Kia, or Hyundai to your precise specifications. they got hundreds of pre-owned vehicles, and they just love, love, love to super serve their customers. They've been doing it literally for a century at the Sunbury Motor Company. Rumors are Sunbury Motors is going to have the Sunbury Motor drone as you sit in the service department, the drone will go up and take a view of all the cars. So mm. while you're sitting there off of the Sunbury Motor iPad, you'd be able to uh, go look at the uh, Fords, oh, yeah. the Lincolns, uh, the Hyundais that are there uh, off of that Sunbury Motor drone. So uh, ask about the drone. Stay away from that uh, black Ford Ranger with the uh, six-foot bed and the Raptor package and the power rear window and the sunroof that has so- sold on the dashboard. You're not going for the convertible? That's the Lawrence. <laughs> oh, we will get your Mustang later. Uh-huh. You're so funny. You've picked out this Mustang. My lovely bride asked me about that. She says, what's this? Are you buying a Mustang? I said, no. Ben picked <laughs> one out for us. The blue convertible Mark, that's down hey, there. there. You and your you and your lovely wife go over tomorrow, uh-huh. uh, Saturday. It's supposed to be nice weather. I think we're getting a little precipitation today. Hopefully not. But a uh, little precipitation. Well, we need it. Tomorrow, go over. Take a test drive of that vehicle. Go mm-hmm. down, pre-order down at Penn's Tavern. Take that beautiful drive south of Sunbury. Pull into the parking lot at Penn's Tavern. Come out with that uh, great dining at Penn's Tavern. Take, take out and, and drive back and then just put a little down payment on that. And uh, who knows, in a month or two, you could be driving it for yourself. Oh, dear. That is a good system. I like the way this guy thinks. you got to think big around here if you're ever going to uh, get a new convertible Mustang from Sunbury Motor Company. Or... Go buy the raffle ticket for the, uh, oh, the, rescue for the charity giveaway, and, the, <laughs> and, you, and you'll have a uh, 1 out of 750 is that chance to is? get it, I believe. So okay. uh, so either or, either or, a That'll Mustang be could be it. yours from Sunbury Motors. All right, so On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Our toll-free line is open. We're going to enjoy open phones this uh, first 20 minutes or so. Then we'll have CBS News. Then uh, U.S. Senator Bob Casey is going to check in, so we will talk to him about all issues. And, boy, there's a lot going on. Uh, Firing of inspector generals. So we have a governor who says, despite the fact that the federal government wanted everybody to get some of this federal aid, uh, we have a governor who says if you don't comply with his uh, wishes, you're off the list. So uh, we'll talk about that. Of course, we also have a president that says you can withhold federal aid if and only if you don't comply with his wishes. So uh, we'll have to find <laughs> out how much of this is discretionary. Uh, we had uh, Congressman Muser on yesterday, and he says the president is only talking about the dollars that he can control. Well, once it, yeah, once it goes to the state, the state. But, you know, Governor Wolf's motto is, uh, hey, if you don't like the job I'm doing as governor, don't vote for me next time as governor. <laughs> I mean, that's his, that's his motto. So and that's and he's going to stick by we'll that. Hold that thought for one second. On the mark, toll free line open right now. Call us one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. That's one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at on the com or text us at seven zero two three six. That's an interesting remark. We asked an attorney about this, and he says it's been untested and it's not clear. The state constitution says you can not run for three consecutive terms, but it doesn't say that you can't run for a third term later. So some some folks like Ballotpedia uh, would say that, no, you know, it's two terms and then that's it, the way that it is for U.S. president. But other folks, attorneys who are just as smart, say, oh, no, that's an open door for somebody to run for a third term. 
Well, you could, uh, you know, put uh, th- th- this governor's not not going to have a chance to yeah, get a third term as, as maybe dog catcher. Uh, you know, he, and and you know, you look back at the history of Pennsylvania, and of course, uh, you know, Tom Corbett uh, gave us Tom Wolf, unfortunately, and uh, uh, we we see what we have. And you know, Tom Corbett was a uh, a good X and O man. He, his personality, I guess, just uh, didn't. Uh, take over uh, the Pennsylvania voters, but uh, now we get Tom Wolf. but holy smokes, uh, I've said it before, I believe we're going to be sleepwalking. When, when his two terms are over, we will have sleptwalked through. And also, too, though, the House and the Senate somewhat compliant here. Uh, leadership could have pushed Wolf a lot uh, more in some things, but uh, you know, we're... Well, and likewise, Democrat <laughs> leaders could have stepped up stepped and criticized, up too. too. They declined to do so because they don't want to be associated with him in any way. Well, and you're, so you're right. So what do you have down there? <laughs> you, you, you have, you have the, uh, the, the person who is literally by himself and uh, probably, you know, that's why he goes to Mount Wolf. Uh, another thing, too, in Pennsylvania, we do not have a governor's mansion. We have a governor's residence. It's right along the river, and, and you see in that. the floodplain. Uh, and it is in the floodplain. But, uh, no, I uh, I would say this, Mark. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We just have a very, uh, very uh, shallow understanding of leadership out of the governor's office going on right now. But also, it's not just the COVID virus. We, we got red, yellow, green coming with a state budget. <laughs> and the state budget is, uh, what are we, five, six weeks away from a state budget here? So uh, mm-hmm. we got a $4 billion shortfall right now, uh, the way it looks. Well, and the governor held a news conference yesterday, and somebody asked him about the state budget. I'm sure he didn't mean to, but he just kind of scoffed. <laughs> so we're in trouble. So, all right. Well, so and and that's a question that. Dr. Levine couldn't answer about state budget. Well, no, this was... Unfortunately, he couldn't defer to her. This was put to the governor. But, uh, <laughs> okay, so 1-800-795-9565. If you have a comment about anything you've heard so far, I mentioned that Chad Hirschberger's with us. Now, normally at this time, they'd be really ramping up for some camps. You probably wouldn't have any camps at the facility at Camp Mount Luther right now, right? Uh, no. This week was supposed to be uh, the State Envirothon we were hosting. Uh, of course, they called that off. Um, so, we, but yeah, we're, uh, this usually is a very, very busy time uh, getting ready for our summer season. Um, it has not been so busy this year, <laughs> this time of year. Chad, what is an Envirothon? Uh, the Envirothon is the uh, uh, state, uh, it was the state competition there are, there are local uh, envirothons that are done regionally throughout the state um, where high school, high school students yeah high school okay. students go and do different activities that have to do with the environment uh, and it's a competition uh, the they then advance and uh, they held, hold a state envirothon for uh, the county there's one winner for the county that goes on to the national one so hmm. So we uh, we're um, fortunate. Beautiful, beautiful to, place to have it too. Yeah, we're fortunate to host it. Usually, about every other year, this was going to be our year. They rotate around the state, and um, this year they decided uh, with COVID nineteen stuff that they would not hold the event. So, well, you're a perfect place for it. Do yeah. they spend the night, or is it? They... No, they actually spend the night at Susquehanna University. Oh, okay, uh, they do their uh, classroom kind of stuff at Susquehanna. Uh, one day, and then they're up to do their field stuff uh, at Mount Luther on the uh, second. Okay, so you this you wouldn't be with youth camps yet uh, under a normal circumstance. When would they normally have started, and what's going to happen this year? 
Um, we start staff, we're supposed to start staff training on May 31st, which is the two weeks that we bring in our summer staff to train them for um, their work for the summer. Um, so that, And then uh, the 14th of June was going to be our first week of camp. Right now, uh, we have postponed the start until sometime in early July, but our board is meeting at the end of next week to decide if that's going to be feasible or not um, with all the guidelines. Uh, the American Camp Association, which we are a part of and accredited by, they uh, just came out last Friday with about an 86-page document oh, on guidelines. For Easily understood, right? <laughs> uh, well, I've only gotten through to about page six, and I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> well, what, once so. once uh, we go green, uh, it's going to be like a NASCAR race. The pedal to the metal, and everyone's going, going full throttle, right? We'll see. <laughs> I hope. Well, I would think uh, Lawrence's worthless wisdom is you could comply with a set of guidelines. That when are we going to get some worthy wisdom? Okay. Oh, come on, not come for on. me. You got, we got to move you out of the worthless. Yeah, right. We'll try. We got to make you feel better but, about uh, yourself, Mark. Stand up. Be <laughs> proud. Be loud. But uh, I'm too childish, I think, for that. But anyway, so uh, I, I think you could comply because, you know, you can have kids space themselves out. If you're on a hike or you're biking, it could be a distance. You certainly can do masking. And, of course, you're certainly outdoors. So, you know, that gives you the good outdoor. Vitamin D and fresh air. Right. So that gives you that. So I, I would certainly can't be, could be possible. Whether you'd end up in the summer in the black or not, I guess, would have yeah. to be a decision. That and the other piece uh, the guidelines are suggesting that uh, the kids would be, we would practice true small group camping, which means the kids would be with a cohort of kids, and they are the only kids they're with during the week. So that would eliminate a lot of our all-camp programming that we do throughout the week. So we're looking at all that to decide if if the guidelines take away so much from the camp experience that it doesn't feel like the camp experience. We're not sure if that's going to uh, play into that decision. So now, is the camp eligible for PPP? Yes, uh, we are eligible, and we did receive PPP uh, in April. So we've uh, uh, had that funding that has helped us the last two months. Good. Well, that'll help you. Yeah. It's so, a full-time gig for this guy. So yeah, he no, wants the camp to hold good. together. And in six months, and then in, in two months, or hopefully two, three weeks. Three months, six months, nine months, a year from now, we will find out uh, somewhat of uh, what went on here. As we found out yesterday that uh, this uh, virus does not spread or is very much diluted when it's on surfaces. So my daughter and uh, her mother can stop spraying every damn cardboard box that comes in including groceries uh people that are are uh yeah i saw a person putting their uh groceries in the trunk of their car at wises spraying them before they put them in and uh you know at some some point um, you know if that makes you feel good hey fine However, uh, at some point, we're going to find out that uh, uh, our reactions will be, uh, let's say, revisited and reevaluated. Well, the masking thing, maybe they'll do away with the mask. They'll find out, oh, it didn't help. Let's stop well, doing Well, no, uh, you're <laughs> going to find out there's going to be parts, but uh, I, I think we'll find out that we might have been conservative in some re- areas, and uh, we were way too uh, radical in other areas. However... In a one to two week period back in March, April, 
those could have been adjusted, as we've seen some of the other states who did adjust to this. So it, it'll be very interesting uh, to, relieve, to relive parts of this, but also who's going to uh, write the history on this. Because, boy, when I, when I watch the three cable networks, I feel like I'm watching almost uh, totally different. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the light is red, and then you hear uh, why, why it's red, why it shouldn't be red, why it's red because of the past, why it's red because of the future, and uh, there's a lot of lot And MSNBC of says it's actually magenta, so they don't agree. I think we'll bring in a reporter from the Financial Times of London Good. to write the U.S. history mm-hmm. on this. So, all right, so Camp Mount Luther uh, on hold at the moment, yep. but hopefully in July, campmountluther.org. Mm-hmm. to uh, find out about that. Boy, just and a fabulous camp. Of course, a religious mm-hmm. camp, good Lutherans, yeah, and everybody very, uh, gets to go. it's been there for how long, Chad? Uh, we started in 63, so... Uh Wow, 57. I was there just in time. 57 years, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. wow, I was there in the early days. And we had uh, had high school, or a fifth yeah, grade camp. That's something that uh, also got uh, canceled this year. The fifth graders did not come out because there was no school, so um, those fifth graders, uh, when you talk about the different sort of life milestones mm-hmm. <laughs> that oh, are well, being missed. life-changing um, opportunity, yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, the Of course, because there was no school, Shikalemi uh, could not bring their fifth graders this year, so... Yeah, as I talked to a gentleman who said uh, about these, you know, high schoolers missing graduation and that, and he said, you know, I can sort of understand and feel a little empathy for him. He goes, uh, my friends and I were going off to uh, a place called Korea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a little bit of life-changing. We missed graduation because of something called Korea. And he goes, I, I, I understand. He goes, but uh, is there a lot of coddling going on now? I said, well, I think it's just different times. Uh, so uh, interesting perspective when you look back and talk to talk to some older folks uh, about uh, some life-changing experience. And a great, great article on Sunday is uh, Joe Diblin when he writes about uh, his experiences with the aircraft and that. It, it's tremendous information that, uh, that he writes about. I was talking to a friend of mine whose grandfather I think is in his 80s or near 90. And uh, they were talking, or he was telling me that his grandfather said, oh, I lived through the Great Depression. This is nothing. I was a kid during the Great Depression. This is nothing. (laughs) Well, like I said, uh, when you miss your high school graduation because uh, there's a gun in your hand, uh, you know, uh, that's that's a little, <laughs> that sort of ranks up there. But uh, yeah, I'm sure the uh, the high schools are going to do what they can. It looks like Lewisburg is uh, using technology to have a graduation. Seals Grove has uh, put the pictures and other other uh, memorabilia up on the south side of the uh, football stadium uh, that shows the uh, class of 2020. Uh, class of 2020, you know, hey, good, bad, or different, you're going to live with this the rest of your lives. one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. You're welcome to join us on the telephone. we got some emails and texts. We'll read those on the area. I'll read one in the email, and then we'll go to the break. It says, until last election anyway, if you voted by mail via an absentee ballot, you could go to the polls on election day, and if you did an absentee vote, you can have it voided and you could vote in person if you want to change how you vote. Not sure if that's going to be allowed to be done during this year's mail-in voting, and that answer is no. You cannot change your mind once you uh, do... I don't know if you could do it with an absentee ballot, but with a mail-in vote once you decide... Like like places around around the country and places around, uh, around our region here? Vote early, vote often. 
Well, and Michigan's losing federal funding because they're promoting absentee balloting. Well, they, mailed an ap- they mailed an application to everybody, and the president's very irritated about that, and so no, they lose the dollars. I think there's a lot of people that are irritated about that uh, from the situation, the way it stood. But again, uh, you know, vote early, vote often, so send your mail in and then get to the polls. You can really help your candidates. You can't do that. That's illegal. <laughs> and it, no, they won't let you. They actually physically won't let you vote. Well, you won't be able to. And they will know that. Right, yeah, they'll have the book, they have the register, they have, you have okay. to have the, uh, the, e- the, the your the, mail-in ballot in, into the uh, office by election day, and they won't let you vote twice. Well, if it's in on election day, if it gets in the day before or the day of election day, how will they know it's there? Uh, they'll look at the mail-in ballot and say, oh, no, Mark already voted. They'll be able to They got you it. figured out. I they'll know you want to vote twice. Okay. <laughs> they got you. They're a step ahead of you. Plus, they don't do crimes. So, <laughs> uh, Good editorial uh, or letter to the editor today on uh, on voting uh, today's paper. But, uh, no, uh, the, the risk of... Uh, Let's say um, maybe fraud could be there, but I guess we'll see. All right, we'll be right back. Call us up, 1-800-795-9565. Mark and Ben say we're rife with uh, fraud. uh, uh, Let's see, the potential for fraud is there for mail-in voting. All the people who run the elections uh, say it's perfectly safe and legal. But what's your your view on this? 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.kok.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Exactly. Who out there supports violence towards that, their uh, opponents? Was that at a 2015 or 2016 rally? It would be in 2015. Yeah, he was sworn hey, in uh, in 2016. A bit of information for some local local red meat here going on. Uh, scenario up at Danville with their athletic department. Unfortunately, they've left the coach go. Uh, boy, Smith was an excellent, excellent coach. Smith? What's uh, his first name? Basketball. Um, should have just lost it because of... Uh, uh, we got Kaiser and Moser up there, and uh, but uh, Todd Hommel uh, wrote a great article in the Daily Item probably about six months ago. Who wants to be a coach? Who wants to be an official? And let alone uh, what's going on uh, up at Danville within their athletics. Uh, lost some good coaches due to the retirement and that. But uh, interesting. We'll we'll see how uh, the students uh, students bounce back there. But uh, well, you have to call the Steve Jones show and tell him you got to. Yeah, be we got Steve. Uh, and I hope he. Bob Buner can bring some of that information to Steve Jones' show. So a little pickle, yeah, I like that. A little pickle up in Danville and a lot of pickles down at Brewer's Outlet. So, uh, but uh, no, anyway, what is going on in Danville with their athletics? 
Uh, let's see. We talked about Dr. Jennifer Rager K. Over the weekend, she shared a Facebook post saying if she and her family felt threatened by somebody without a mask, she would shoot. And one of our listeners sent us a note, says, Dr. Jen is a great doctor. She does great medical work. She must be her doctor or his doctor, right? Her, yeah, right. But she says uh, she was very hyped up at the moment. I understand and agree. I get hyped up, too. We live in a very political climate. Seems to me we make mountains out of molehills. I will stand up for her free speech. She's a good person. I heard this, not sure if it was on your program, but Abraham Lincoln wrote out a letter that he put in his drawer and decided if he felt the same way the next day. I thought that would be a good thing to do. Yeah, folks, don't uh, tweet, post, Facebook, email, call, <laughs> yell, or do anything while you're fed up or totally irritated or just plain mad. Yeah, but, you know, Wait. Uh, Mark, uh, I've heard bits and pieces because I was in and out of the area. But, you know, that, that story sort of changed in Thursday's paper because then it was talked about. Is that all you do is read the paper all day? Well, no. We were, I guess, some emails from some local folks. But it was here that it was said that, I guess she's a concealed. It says, if somebody's not wearing a mask, approaching me or my family, not wearing a mask while in the midst of a pandemic and refuses to back off if I ask represents a potentially deadly threat. Well, it's different that was that was said the day before. Now these emailers and I think uh, Joe is uh, you know these they're her doctor or there's doctor uh, Greenhan. So you know when they talk about this, but these stories have changed. There's a difference if you ask somebody not wearing a mask to leave and you you're feeling threatened by your family and you do the uh, the mama bear thing and protect the cubs in the family. That's fine. But the day before it was if somebody's wearing a mask and what they're within six feet seven feet and i feel threatened i'm gonna shoot them i mean there's more to this story there's something there uh that doesn't quite uh let's see i think the cheese as you talk about might be rotten cheese might be rotten in denmark dale tells us about the world of cheese we always appreciate that all right we do have a fabulous producer mr chad hirschberger and he pushed the red button so that means we're going to go up towards the top of the hour (laughs) we'll do some brief news headlines and we'll have u.s senator casey on the line you're listening to news radio 1070 wkok sunbury wkok Okay, news time. It is now 9 a.m. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings and welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line will be open later, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You'll be able to email us at onthemarket.wkok.com right now, and uh, we can uh, read that on the radio. And we have texts. Uh, Stan is fired up, so we'll get to read his texts yeah, on the Stan, radio. Uh, ASAP. 
In the news, one of the women Joe Biden was considering for his running mate has some ties to the Valley. New Hampshire Senator Jean Shaheen has informed Joe Biden's presidential campaign that uh, she is not interested in being vetted to be the presumptive Democratic nominee's running mate. She's a Sealands Grove High School graduate, was in the group of women Biden had publicly named as under possible consideration. Sources say she cited her commitment and her love of New Hampshire as for her desire to stay in the Senate, a U.S. Senate, a role she enjoys for reasons she's pulling herself out of contention. Known as Jean Bowers at Sealands Grove High School, graduated in 1965 and later received a bachelor's degree from Shippensburg University, then moved to New Hampshire in 1973. She lost her taste for shoe fly pie? Lewisburg High School starting to cobble together the elements of their virtual graduation ceremony with students picking up their diplomas. The SAFE activity will then be woven into a longer graduation video. We'll have our speeches from our valedictorian and class president and salutatorians and, you know, different remarks. And we'll have have the diplomas as part of that ceremony. And we'll try to mimic a a traditional commencement as much as we can in non-traditional times. Lewisburg High School Principal Paula Reber talking about the compilation video will be put together, shown May 30th. They'll show it, and then they'll have a senior drive in Lewisburg. Pennsylvania was near 1,000 in the new COVID-19 cases yesterday after a stretch that saw significantly lower numbers in our area. Now that we're in the yellow, our numbers trickling up very, very slightly. Union County, five new cases at 61. Montclair County, one new case at 51. And of course, Snyder County, same as they ever were, stuck at 33. That's a good way to be stuck. U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention gave restaurants, bars, and schools a 60-page guideline to adhere to if and only if they plan to reopen. Rick Schuck of Bots Tavern says he can do the outdoor seating, he can do the plexiglass plates, but he says trouble is he can't get needed supplies. It's already a challenge to get certain sanitizing products, and I think out of the gate when multiple restaurants and other businesses and school districts go green, I think that's going to be even more of a challenge. Chuck says his establishment. Chuck says his establishment is also mm. looking to follow CDC recommendations by using plasticware instead of silverware and putting menus in plexiglass so they can be easily sanitized. At the Edison Hotel, Brian Pope, owner, says he's already put a lot of emphasis on expanding his outdoor seating. That'll be something new there. But plans are in the work there. He also says his employees, which would normally number about 14 when fully open, will be temperature screened, masked, to wear gloves, and Oh, the staff will also practice social distancing. Is that going to be roof seating at the Edison? No. Well, I don't, they, they they have a wide sidewalk there. I imagine that's okay. what they're planning to do. feel like Paris. Susquehanna University has announced some changes for the fall semester because of COVID-19. The upcoming fall semester will begin early. There will be no fall break, so you won't have these students circulating with distant locations all over the world then coming back to Snyder County. And there will be an extended winter break. The university has announced they've received guidance from health officials and the 2020 fall semester will start one week early beginning Monday, August 24th. On-campus instruction will end Friday, November 20th, at which time students will depart campus until spring semester, which will be starting up in January. Some counties in Pennsylvania could go green. Uh, All of the state's pandemic restrictions on business activities and gatherings could be lifted in a few states in the coming days. 
days or a few counties uh, other than social distancing and health monitoring guidelines that would be recommended by the CDC. Governor Tom Wolf said Thursday in a news conference that you can hear at WKOK.com. Some counties could get to move to the least restrictive green phase of his uh, three-color traffic signal reopening stage plans, and that could become official today. He does not have a news conference schedule, but when it does, when he does, we'll let you know. So what, Potter, Warren? We're, we're really going Sullivan. out there stretching. Uh, Sullivan got another another case. They're up to two. What, somebody came from Lycoming over to Sullivan? I guess an elk wandered down and gave somebody COVID or something. Who knows? Anyway, some bars and restaurants in Pennsylvania can now sell alcohol to go. Governor Tom Wolf announced Thursday he signed the Cocktails to Go bill. For now, he says it allows the sale of cocktails to go from certain bars, restaurants, or hotels if they have a liquor license and if they can show that they've lost 25% of their average monthly total sales during the covid 19 emergency. The beverages must be sold in containers with a secure lid as Pennsylvania's open nothing says carry no, law. Nothing says driving like a martini down 1115. No great. open carry or drinking while driving. You take it home and you enjoy it. So yeah, your daiquiri will be melted by the yes, time you I get there. Say, I'll tell you a daiquiri story in Louisiana where you know how they get around the law? Drive through daiquiri shops. Oh. Mark, you order your daiquiri. You and your beautiful wife, you're down there enjoying Mardi Gras next year. No COVID-19. You go to the drive through daiquiri. You get your two daiquiris. They come around. They give you the daiquiris. But the straw's separate. Oh, because you don't want you to drink it. You have to insert the straw for the legal things. I got gotcha. you. So thank your local. It's like a disclaimer. Th- yeah, thank your local trial lawyers for a lot of these laws. <laughs> Finally, President Donald Trump is railing once again against mail-in balloting in that he says in some cases has been promoted as election fraud. Uh, he says even though uh, his own re-election campaign promotes mail-in balloting and he has mailed in his ballot, he says. What mail-in voting does is it leads to total election fraud. A day earlier, President Trump threatened to pull federal money from states that support the practice. Quote, we don't want anyone to do mail-in ballots, unquote, Trump told supporters before leaving for Michigan. The state drew the president's ire, announcing this week that it was sending ballot request forms to all voters to encourage safe voters during the pandemic. Trump, who's voted by mail absentee as recently as March, uh, said he would support exceptions for those who are sick or or our president. Quote, now, if anybody has to mail it because they're sick or, by the way, because they live in the White House and they have to vote in Florida or they won't be in Florida, then there's a reason for it. That's okay, Trump said, to really vote. And without fraud, President Trump later said in Michigan, you have to go to the polling place. He added of mail-in voting, obviously there's going to be fraud. We're not babies. Trump was belittling a method of voting that his own campaign and his affiliates have been pushing voters to use to support GOP candidates. Many of his older voters uh, Mm. did plan to avoid pandemic contact with voter workers by mailing in their ballots. Well, risky, risky scenarios. We'll see that. But, boy, Michigan uh, hit hard with uh, flooding. And, unfortunately, I guess the dams have been compromised and maybe not uh, maintained as best as they could. But, boy, Michigan really suffering at this time. We're uh, going to our U.S. Senator, Bob Casey. Welcome, Senator, to On the Mark. 
Emmer, great to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, good morning. I'm Mark Lawrence. You just heard that was uh, Ben Reichley introduced you. Bob Casey, our U.S. Senator, oh, Democrat. Sorry. Oh, it's all good. And uh, he's been no very, very hard at work. Let's start out talking about your hearing yesterday. Uh, you're talking about the Nursing Home COVID-19 Protection and Prevention Act, and you had a hearing about that yesterday. So please uh, tell us about this. Uh, nursing homes, of course, a big concern. Well, first and foremost, I think at a, you know, at a time like this when we're, we're living through and, and fighting through a pandemic, we've got to be very focused on the people who are most vulnerable, the most at risk. And that is obviously uh, older citizens. Uh, and as someone who just turned 60 in April, I'm getting real close to that. <laughs> um, and, and I think that that has to be a focus. When you consider older citizens who happen to be uh, in a long-term care setting, and that's usually most of them, most you'd, you'd say would be nurse, in nursing homes, they're among the most vulnerable because because of their age, often because of their, just by virtue of the fact they're in a nursing home, they're getting skilled care, which means they're even more at risk with the virus. And then they're also in congregate settings, they're close together. And then on top of all that, uh, there are people coming in and out from the community uh, who might contract the virus outside the nursing home and bring it in, and that's why families haven't been able to, to come into these uh, facilities. So the combination of factors um, are, are particularly uh, threatening to folks who, who live in nursing homes, and these are the people that fought our wars and worked in our factories and taught our children and built the greatest... Uh, uh, economic engine and middle class we, that any any group of people have ever experienced probably in human history. So we owe them uh, the best care generally, but especially when there's a virus that's um, that's ravaging these um, nursing homes. So it's it's obviously you know in so many ways this is everyone's worst nightmare having a virus uh, invading a nursing home. And so, it, it, and one of the most telling things about the data so far that was released recently is the, the fact that even nursing homes that have a really good track record um, have often as many cases or as many deaths as the nursing home a couple miles away that's had persistent problems. So that gives you an indication of the power of the virus, and we have to have a, a policy that responds to that. So one of the things I was highlighting in the, the hearing yesterday, the aging committee hearing, was a bill that I've introduced to put more dollars into what works. I mean, we don't want to just spend money to spend money. We want to spend money on, on what works. And we know exactly what works when it comes to dealing with nursing homes uh, in, this, uh, in this pandemic. So I would, my, my bill would add $20 billion in emergency funds um, so that... Uh, we can support nursing homes, intermediate care facilities, and psychiatric hospitals. They're the three kind of categories of long-term care. We'd help them with what's called cohorting, where you separate the nursing home resident with COVID-19 from the nursing home resident who does not have it. Cohorting works. It, it's, it stands to reason. It's like the ultimate social distancing. You, 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 you separate. Uh, but in order to do that, it costs money. There, that nursing home might need to build something. They might need to construct something. And we can't just say, do this, nursing homes, or else. we got to help them. That's why you need the, the dollars. The other thing 
the, the 20 billion would go for is more staffing, more testing, more personal protective equipment, and other essential needs. Now, some states have provided uh, or could provide, many states, if we give them the dollars, could provide nursing homes with technical assistance on in implementing infection control protocols or um, and helping them, helping them with the, you know, the immediate crisis. So that's one thing we talked about. And when you consider of the now 90 plus thousand deaths in the country, about a third of them, and that number is growing, are either workers who live in a nursing home or the residents themselves. And that's a, a harrowing, frightening number. What are the chances of this getting passed? Well, that all depends upon our Republican friends. If Democrats control the United States Senate, it's likely this bill would be passed very quickly, uh, probably as part of a larger bill. But Senate Republicans um, have zero interest right now, or at least based upon their actions, seem to have zero interest in any more legislating. So we went the entire, think about this, in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, where we had in March and April, uh, till about mid-April, uh, unanimity, and you never hear that word in the same sentence with U.S. Senate. Unanimity on the CARES Act, which was 96 to 0, and the, the reason four were missing is because they were in quarantine. So it was a unanimous vote for that, $2.2 trillion, a unanimous vote for the $484 billion that were, was passed in the interim bill after that. And the two earlier bills, which were much smaller, they were virtually unanimous in the, uh, unanimous in the Senate as well. So... That has been obliterated now. Now Senate Republicans said no more no more policy, no more legislating, no more appropriations on COVID-19. The entire month of May, all we do were nominations. Now we're going into June when we go back uh, a week from Monday, and I hope they're going to get serious about dealing with nursing homes, dealing with food assistance, uh, helping our workers, adding, extending the time for unemployment insurance or direct checks to... Uh, to individuals, and for the for Senate Republicans to categorically reject the entire House bill is an insult to people who are out of work. It's an insult to people who are suffering from the disease, and it's an insult to anyone who's got a loved one in a nursing home. So we'll see, but um, we're going to push very hard and uh, push them to to adopt um, policy that will help people in nursing homes. And, oh, by the way, help our state and local governments, because if we don't, every school district in your listening area will have their budget cut if, if Republicans don't get their act together in Washington. And um, uh, police officers and firefighters and first responders will be laid off at a, in every local community in the country if, if local governments and state governments don't have the help they need. All right, what about the pandemic premium pay for frontline workers? You know, we have understaffings an ongoing issue at nursing homes and other frontline workers. Pandemic premium pay, is this also stuck then uh, in the situation you described? Well, it, there are a couple things that have happened there. What, uh, a, a number of weeks ago, it might even be a month ago, more than a month ago now, a, a group of Senate Democrats, I was one of them, five or six of us, I guess, at the time, uh, came up with this idea that we should have uh, pandemic premium pay for frontline uh, workers, uh, and, and we should call it the Heroes Fund. It should, it should be under our, um, this is still in the kind of the, the idea stage, not, not a bill yet, um, 
but that that should be a, a fund that would provide uh, extra extra money for those who are on the front lines who put themselves at risk, put their families at risk, and the risk isn't just disease, a debilitating disease, COVID-19, but disease that leads to death. And we're seeing death at a, at a, at a lot of ages. It's most mostly older folks, but it's it's the, uh, death at a, at a lot of different ages. So, if they're being that heroic. Yeah. And they're working um, hours that uh, that are almost impossible to keep up with, and they're working without personal protective equipment, which puts them more at risk. We they should be they should receive a pandemic premium pay, like we uh, like we did after World War II when when uh, returning soldiers were given uh, a good benefit, which they deserved, an education benefit, the GI Bill. So that's the that's the idea to. To uh, provide help to those frontline workers who are on the battlefield fighting this war, and just add to their hourly pay. So if, if someone worked, uh, you know, 400 hours at, you know, x x dollars per hour, uh, our idea was to add about 13 bucks to that, and uh, and and have the federal government pay for that. Now, if it's a huge multinational corporation, I would hope that the corporation would foot some of the bill because. Corporations got the biggest tax cut in American history a few years ago. Big multinational corporations can afford to pay their heroic frontline workers more. Um, but that's the idea. Then it goes to the then then the House actually passed a, a large bill. This this new bill that I was referring to earlier, uh, the so-called Heroes Act. That's the name of the a bill that will encompass policy on a whole range of issues, including. Uh, a separate initiative within the bill uh, to have uh, pandemic premium pay. So now you have a, a, a bill that has passed, a, uh, or a, a bill, part of a larger bill that has passed the House. In the Senate, I think we should take it up. Now, will it be exactly what the House passed? I'm sure it won't be. But we have to figure out some way to to provide uh, premium pay for frontline workers. Now, I have an additional bill, and I'll end with this. I have an additional bill that focuses just on the healthcare worker uh, category within the larger frontline worker category. That would still be probably millions of people. Uh, the the frontline category is probably tens of millions. But the but the healthcare workers, whether they're working in hospitals or nursing homes or personal care homes, and the people that work in the hospital generally, everybody from nurses to janitors, are putting themselves at risk. And we've seen maintenance people and janitors actually die from COVID-19 because they're cleaning the rooms where people were treated. Those folks should get, um, I think, a, an education benefit or allow them to use that benefit to uh, pay for expenses that they have, their family has. That should be more modeled uh, in a very particular way on the GI Bill. So that's a, that's a separate bill that I have. Well, Senator, this has been Reichley. Uh Certainly appreciate uh, all you've done, and also Bob Garrett sends his regards, the uh, president of the Greater Silicon Valley Chamber of Commerce, uh, your help uh, throughout oh, the years here, and particularly on our bypass. Uh, again, a lot of work went into into that. Question, uh, Congressman Muser talked about negotiations. I, he was on the show here yesterday, talked about negotiations going on and what can survive the bill. Uh, it seems like you talked about some pieces, too. I saw Mitch McConnell uh, talking last night. And I understand that there's money that hasn't been spent or, or allocated yet exactly from some of the past bills. 
But um, one of the things I know that's very important in this valley between Susquehanna and Bucknell University is the the higher education monies that uh, you're going to see. So if this next bill does go through, do you see additional money for for the education purposes, not only at the state, but the uh, public and private universities? Yeah, I think we, we've got to provide help there uh, to educational institutions. I think we also have to provide more dollars for a, a basic education uh, initiative. Both were addressed in the CARES Act, but I think if you talk to any, uh, virtually any advocate for either local school districts or, or higher education, um, and it doesn't really matter what party they're in, I think they would they would all say the CARES Act was, was, was great, uh, we appreciated the help, but it wasn't nearly enough. I mean, they were asking for numbers that far exceeded what, what was in the CARES Act. So, yes, I think the short answer is yes, we should consider those dollars as well as basic education dollars because there's just no way that an institution, whether it's a college or university or a school district or a state government or local government, can't. there's no way they can exist uh, and, and balance their budget and have and be operational with the revenue hit that they took it's like a it's like a torpedo going into the side of a a vessel there's just no way you can you know patch it up and hope to keep the vessel above water and we have to make sure that uh, that that that's why something comparable to a the house bill is needed we're not done legislating there the, we did a lot of good things in the first four bills right four bills about uh, three trillion dollars that's good we, we met we started to help people who are unemployed we provided great assistance to small businesses but there's still a lot of small businesses that weren't getting help because they were left out there's still uh, unemployed workers who haven't gotten their checks yet and they, we need to and if that means giving states more money so they can hire more people to process unemployment insurance we got to do it um, still still uh, deficits in what we did on long-term care on food assistance on Medicaid um, all the all these major priorities. So uh, we, that's why we need another big bill. And uh, but I'm all for look good oversight and 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 uh, making sure that the money is not only spent but spent appropriately. I used to be the auditor general, so I have a background <laughs> holding yes. government. Holding right. Well, one of our listeners says, "What if the Heroes Act helps illegal aliens?" That's something they would not support. There is certainly is conversation that some of the Heroes Act would, in some way, support individuals that are not U.S. citizens. Tell us about that. Well, the the most important thing here is helping those who helped us, <laughs> and that I mean, there's. We can we can um, you know we can have debates about um, um, debates about um, you know who who gets what, but meanwhile there are tens of millions of frontline workers who should uh, who should get an hour you know an additional bump on their hourly pay if they worked a thousand hours or a hundred hours or whatever the number is, um, and that's just that's just a reality and look. There are some there are some people in our healthcare system, lots of them, <laughs> excuse me, who are undocumented, uh, who are cleaning those rooms and contracting COVID nineteen. And um, if if someone is is uh, uh, and, and a lot of them are are working and and paying taxes, so we I think we have to be 
we, we've got to be very thoughtful about making sure there are strict rules, but at the same time making sure the people who did this work get some kind of a benefit. And that's, uh, that, that's what, that's what America's always been about. We've always tried to make sure that those who are sacrificing on behalf of the rest of us, uh, are given some help. Whether it's someone on, the, on a battlefield in a shooting war in Europe in World War II, uh, or whether they're on this battlefield where there aren't bullets flying at their head, but there's a virus flying around their head. And, and once it hits them, uh, I mean, just read some of the, Accounts of what this disease does to you. You can't breathe. I mean, you, you, you can't function. You're, it, it knocks your legs out and in some cases knocks you down and then kills you. And we're going to have, I mean, think about it, to have, have almost 100,000 people dead in two months uh, shows you the power of this virus. Well, Senator, I know uh, I know your time. Uh, we, we certainly appreciate the time you have. Uh, I have a little bit of a lighter note in a box of uh, political information. I have a couple buttons, and I, you can correct me on them, but I believe it says uh, one says vote skip, and I thought the other one says I like skip. So uh, going back to referencing your father, who was uh, 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 had the, the morals and the character that uh, I think a lot of politicians need today, but I, I I have to chuckle when I think back of those buttons. Well, thanks very much for thinking of them. You know, this um, this May 30th will be 20 years since my father passed away. It's hard to believe it's 20 years ago. Um, it was before 9-11 and before a lot of this. And I often think, what would he be saying in the midst of a pandemic or in the midst of some of the other challenges we've had as a nation? So thanks for thinking of him and uh, remembering his public service. An additional remark, I know you wanted to say something about Memorial Day and our fallen war dead, so I'll give you an open mic, and, and that's how we'll wrap up today. Go right ahead. Oh, thanks. And, look, it's, it should be that we remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. We should be thinking about them every day, not only on Memorial Day, but it is a, a day to pause and remember uh, and reflect upon those who gave so much. As Lincoln said, those who gave the last, full measure of devotion to their country and we have to remember them and obviously not only on Veterans Day in November but every day we have to think about also what Lincoln reminded us him and I think Lincoln would say today her, him him or her who shall have borne the battle those veterans who come back um, and that's why this, you know, in this pandemic this long term care also extends to veterans' homes and those settings to make sure we're doing everything we can to protect our veterans. So, God bless those who served, and we remember those who uh, were lost. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. you got an thank open you, mic here anytime. Always uh, so many more questions, but so little time. So come and visit us as soon as that's uh, feasibly possible uh, as we uh, draw through the summer and into the fall. Thank you, Senator Casey. Thanks again. Mark, thanks. Thanks, Ben. I do appreciate that. U.S. Senator Bob Casey, Democrat, and uh, working hard to get uh, the 
COVID-19 Protection and Prevention Act through. That would be separate than the HEROES Act, which is uh, apparently, as he indicated, somewhat dead in the water. All right, well, now we open up the phones. i got to take a quickie break. We will be right back, and we invite you to call us now, 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We have texts and emails of plenty, but we would just love to have you dial us up. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. I'll read one of these texts that was sent to 70236. It says, if a Republican or conservative threatened to shoot... Oh, this is about Dr. Jennifer Reger K. It says, if a Republican or conservative threatened to shoot someone because they weren't wearing a mask, they would be raked over the coals and persecuted as they should be. So Ms. Rager deserves all the scrutiny she's getting. As a doctor, she should have a better temperament towards others. Besides, there's no proof that a mask does or doesn't help prevent the spread of COVID-19. If a person was walking towards her, hacking and coughing, maybe she should have some concern. But that person, if they're just breathing, then she's overreacting and she has issues. With issues like that, she needs to have her carry permit revoked. Oh, boy. Well, that's uh, red flag logs, right? That's what people were promoting. But, yeah, some, like I said, there's something, and you know, we don't need to get into the personal thing, but her husband also resigned. Um, and I believe, you know, her husband made a statement uh, in Snyder County about after Woodmode had shut down, which is about a year ago. Uh, that uh, they thought crime was going to uh, increase in uh, Snyder County. I, I guess that would have been the uh, furloughed workers or the uh, the workers of Woodmode, the marauders that were going out and pillaging the villages around Snyder County. That was going to increase uh, increase the uh, <laughs> unfortunately increase uh, uh, the uh, the crime rate. But uh, you know, uh, not only when you say something. Off, off, you shoot from the hip, yes, you might say something. But when you write it down and then hit send or however it was implemented, there's a couple steps in between there that uh, make sense to think that there's a little firewall maybe or maybe not. But also, to look at the article yesterday's paper and then look at the article today, and it talks about... So you're saying don't... Yell, call, text, email, tweet, post on Facebook, or let anyone know how mad you are with no. your harshest comments. No, no, go ahead. But there's a difference between when somebody blurts something out 
and you would think the filter's there, but so when you wrote something down, and that, but the again, the, the daily item, if the paper misquoted, but the, the the situations changed from if somebody's walking by without a mask, I would consider them threatening my family, or if I asked those people to get away and they didn't, then my family's being threatened. Uh, and also, too, let's be sort of on the common sense side of this. Warren Snyder, Union, Northumberland counties, our rates are fairly, 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 fairly low compared to other parts. If we were in Montgomery, Delaware, Chester, Philadelphia counties, New York City, okay, there's maybe a height of awareness. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Call us immediately if you'd like to respond to anything uh, U.S. Senator Bob Casey had to say on the topic of the state will not provide numbers of recovered individuals. One of our listeners says, it's so easy, why not report it? It sure seems like it could be uplifting to hear those numbers. Well, I can tell you uh, to the texter, it's about 95%. Uh, because And the only reason it's not significantly higher is because some people have COVID-19 right now. So why not show it's, them? It, why not talk about them? Because we don't know how many people have it that never get tested. Well, let's talk about that in a degree then, saying, hey, there has been a number of people recovered. Is the recovery rate 98.2, oh 97.3 in the world? Recovery? Um, yeah, the uh, recovery rate is, is very, very higher. High. Okay, higher. Well, what's it, higher? 99% people Well, I would recover? think so. I mean, only 1% okay. die from well, it, so, well, so it must then, be 99 So why is Pennsylvania not... You know, at least estimating the numbers because they're estimating some of them. Yeah, we had some callers Estimates, last Friday yeah. saying that because it makes things look like again. Oh, so two it weeks, look as bad. three gotcha. weeks, three months, six months, nine months. This will be very interesting to uh, to go back and uh, maybe uh, ESPN will do a thirty on thirty on the COVID virus. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Same listener sends us a very good text. Says Dr. Levine has mentioned several times that she would report recovered data, but she never has. What happened to that? Lots of people say it's easy enough to figure out. Yeah, you do need to estimate because most people don't get checked when they have COVID-19, but other states do it, and globally it's being done. Pennsylvania is one of the few states that's not uh, calculating recovered people. And it's a big number. It's 90% or more. I mean, it's a significant number. It's most folks. Quickie break. Call us up. 1-800-795-9565. 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
All right. One of our listeners sends us a text, says, our governor is a tyrant wannabe. Another one says, there's no voter suppression except in blue states and large cities run by Democrats. And another listener says, good morning. Voting absentee has been around for years. Republicans are just afraid President Trump will lose in 2020. So they don't want absentee and mail-in voting. Absentee ballots are a little different than mail-in ballots. Another listener says, undocumented workers are not allowed on dairy farms. If hospitals have undocumented workers who have not had background checks done, then the hospitals shouldn't receive any of that government money. Interesting. Chris, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, Ben complimented, uh, I guess, Butch Woosley's letter in the item today. And I thought it was a pretty weak letter myself. No, I said it was interesting. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, one of the things he says is that it would take more time for them to write their replies to his previous letter than it would to vote, which might be true around here and in rural areas, but it's not true in the cities where uh, half an hour to an hour is probably normal and... uh, Every election, and especially in presidential years, there's places that are waiting six to eight hours to vote. And in line in the COVID, possible COVID situation, I think uh, mail-in is a very good way. All the investigations of mail-in voting have mostly come up pretty clean. Uh, Washington's been using the entire state. That's the only way you can vote. And they haven't had any problems. Uh, the Republican Senate issued a report on California voting because of Trump's claims and found nothing wrong there. Chris, Chris, let me stop you and ask you a quick yeah, question. Sure. Um, we, we know the number of the documented fraud because of mail-in is infinitesimally small. There's no argument there. Why are Republicans so afraid of mail-in voting? Well, because people in cities have to wait uh, several hours to vote, and it probably cuts down on the voting. Okay, that's so. one reason, and they're mo- mostly Democrats. Gotcha. That's that, that's that's the obvious reason. Uh, they've tried to manipulate the w- laws in several states to uh, make it harder to vote. All right, now hold on they, one they've, second. They've what? added distance. Do you have to travel? Taking them where there wasn't bus routes and all sorts of things. All right, hold on one second, Chris. Stand by. What's your response to that, Uh, Ben? You shake your head no. Well, people, there's voting precincts, and when cities in large metropolitan areas set up, so, you know, two- to three-hour votes, we hear this. That might happen. Mm, Okay, let's document that and see that. So when you're talking about how— What do you mean it might happen? There, there could be there could be something that a voter machine could go down. Something could, happen. but for the most part, when you set up your balloting, you set it up per districts and you break it down so people will have a reasonable time. Now, if there's a large election turnout because of local elections and national elections, you could have time. But when you say six to eight hours of voting, then there's something abnormal that has happened. There is. Uh, look what happened in Ohio and. 
in uh, what 04. was that? Bush's election. Yeah, Bush election. Carrying Carry 04. But again, Democrats will talk about suppression because that's what they need to to waive. Uh, Republicans no, I don't will talk need to about, waive it. It's a fact. Well, <laughs> if, go I'll, ahead. I'll finish this. Republicans will talk about voting. Like, voting needs to be uh, as legitimate as they think it is. You show an ID, you walk into your polling place, and you vote. Now, somewhere in between, uh, there should be uh, voting scenarios and new technology if if uh, done properly should should add to voting but there also should be a little bit of skin in the game to vote like you have to go register you have to do some things because you want it to be on the up and up and and right now when you're running into some of the gray area uh that's going to be defined here in the future Right. Go yes, ahead and wrap it up. Is, but there hasn't been, you haven't found any places that, uh, where it's been a problem yet. Except, well, there was one in North Carolina where the Republicans were, uh, a guy was going around and talking people into taking their ballot yeah. and mailing it for them. Ballot and then harvesting like in California. But, uh, yeah, and he, and he should have been, and what happened to him, he's not in Congress, and that should have happened. All right, Chris, wrap it up. We've got to go to another caller. Well, I'd, uh, I'd just say that I think Wolf has done a fairly solid job. Uh, he's He's been a little... Transparency's been a problem, that's for sure, and having a set of rules to go by. But I think, you know, rules are the hobgoblins of small minds sometimes. And the, the, <laughs> the goal was to cut down on commerce and where people would be likely spreading the disease. And right. exact rules don't really apply... A, aren't really necessary for uh, that to be done. All right, we got and you. Thank you so much. Let me got to stop you. I got to stop you. Got to stop you. Thank you so much, Chris. Always appreciate your we'll calls. Get, we'll get Thank a def- we'll get a def- definition of solid sometimes. All right, we're taking <laughs> we a quickie break. Solid. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guy guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. This is what we call the lightning round. we got a minute and 15 seconds per caller. Lance is first. Okay. Go ahead, sir. All right, first off there, I'll say that... Uh, their previous guest there wouldn't make a pimple on his old man's nose to start with. And yeah. why? In, in do fairness, though, Lance, time has changed, and uh, you know, I would say that he's he's caught up in the wash down there. I don't think. And anyway, uh, instead of outfitting the nursing homes, why can't we just take the folks out of the nursing homes when they've got trouble and? take them someplace where they're equipped to take care of them. Well, I, I would say rent uh, Sunbury Hospital for uh, three yeah. months and uh, bring uh, patients from 50 miles in, bring them up there and uh, uh, yeah. you know, use that facility. Right, exactly. 
and that is, it's a whole lot uh, less money doing that. Yeah, there's and rehab there, and there's hospitals set up. Just uh, go in, turn the lights on, do some cleaning, and uh, get it, get it, uh, get it in use, and give it a 50 mile war one. Get that wonderful. Our, our governor, he took the uh, folks that were sick and sent them back so they could infect the uh, other people in the home where they came from. How widespread, was, how widespread was that, Lance? How many people got it from people that were came came back to nursing homes? Well, I really don't know, but it seems to me to be a stupid idea. 65% of the deaths in Pennsylvania oh, are nursing from, homes related. Okay. Nursing homes I didn't realize related, it was that high. So. Okay, well, 65% yeah. is your answer, Lance, so that's a so lot. Related. Yeah. All right, thank you so much, Lance. Really you appreciate bet. the call. Good to hear from you. Tom, you are next up a minute and 15 seconds. Go right ahead. Tom? Going once. Tom? All right. Let's try. Uh, Bob, you're going to get extra time because we had a no-show. You're on the mark. <laughs> uh, thank you, gentlemen. You know, we were ta- I heard you talking earlier about the uh, not reporting of the recovered, recovered cases. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the problem with that is, is that, that the information that the state provides goes to all these other places and that. And it ends up looking like we have 50,000 active cases in Pennsylvania, or sixty thousand. Why would you assume? Why would you assume that? Because you, you see it. You'll, you, I mean, if you go and you look at the numbers for the state of Pennsylvania on any other site other than just the, the Department of Health site, it'll show you, you know, total cases, um, number of deaths, and then those number of recoveries zero, mm-hmm. number of active cases. I mean, they all report it the same way. They just subtract the deaths and the recovered cases from the total, and they give you the active. Mm-hmm. So it all reports that Pennsylvania has 55,000 active cases. And the other problem now with this reporting and not reporting the recovered is that it was announced that Pennsylvania has started to add in those that are getting the antibody test and they find out that they did have it. They're adding that as another case of somebody who had the coronavirus, which makes sense, except by not putting them as recovered, you're then adding another active case. Well, then you really need that recovered aspect of that. And, and And that's what Pennsylvania is currently doing. They're adding all those that are going out now and getting antibody tests. If they test positive for the antibody, they're adding that as another active case. Yeah, and recovered gives thank you, Bob. Thanks for calling in. That you know, people, you know, one hundred percent of people aren't dying from this. If you get it, here's here's a percentage. Take your actions. Do what you have. Your social distancing. Take the steps to to help prevent it. But here's what's going on. Like I said, down the road we'll find out more about this. And that number doesn't mean anything to me. But I'm the only person that doesn't bother that we don't don't do the recovered well, you might number. Want to put that in your worthless right. category, <laughs> right? My worthless disinterest in knowing how many recovered. Uh, it's ninety five percent. Okay, it's almost everybody who gets it around the world too. Memorial Day, put that flag out, buddy. Got the flag out already. Memorial Day, folks. Uh, it's right there with Fourth of July and Veterans Day. Uh, without, Bigger. without, yeah, without Memorial Day, we we wouldn't have Fourth uh, of July and and what the people have done and what. Again, it's not about mattress sales. It's not about this, but especially in this uh, atmosphere, Memorial Day. Think of what those people did to uh, to allow us to be here as a great country tomorrow. Nice. Oh, please. I was going to say, Good. my son and I were out putting flags on graves great. last night with the Cub Scouts. Great. And that's a great thing to do. That's a great thing to do. Well, thanks for all you're doing. And are you're you welcome. ready for this? Thanks for who you are. Well, thank you. I, I just I'm, think you're I'm, a fabulous guy. You guys I'm can't hug yet. Glad to be. Oh. Maybe, maybe in two weeks, three <laughs> weeks. Last.
Well, we could hug through the plastic. Thank you so much, Chad Hurst. Yeah, Thanks, Chad. Nice Thanks, Chad. Chad's been a great uh, <laughs> substitute. But have, a, have a good weekend. Hey, you, you too, buddy. April, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy. Thank you. And get some, get some more uh, underground water substructure schedule. Yes, get, get infrastructure. Some more of that infrastructure means subsurface. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury, 10 a.m. Time for the Dan Patrick Show.